Welcome to Hyperthread uh, Season 2. I guess we can call it Season 2 from this episode because the last one is some months apart. Uh, we've, we've been having some downtime. Uh, a lot of stuff has been going on in our lives. So uh, I guess Season 2 officially starts with this one. The last episode you can call pre-season or whatever. So I'm your host Amel and, uh, and with me today <laughs> Abdurrahman. Um, so how you been? Yeah man, long time no see. Did I miss the cue for my name? Um, yeah, I guess we're not, um, we're not we're not we're not in sync before. Yeah. So a lot of things have, have happened, uh, and traditionally we, we would cover some news early on in the episode. Um, so we decided to uh, put in a new category of news which we will call Elon Musk watch because that guy is hilarious he he makes for great content every time and um, you know we love everything he does so <laughs> I guess let's start with him um, I would say like he's probably the most uh, interesting person alive today definitely some of you guys probably have seen He's been on Saturday Night Live, and he's been cracking some corny jokes. Uh, he's, he's he's having he was having a monologue about you know his life. I don't know <clears throat> crypto. I, I think his mom even um, came to the stage and uh, cracked some jokes with him. So I don't know what that that was all about, but um, it was hilarious nonetheless. It made for for some epic memes, I guess. I, I haven't seen it actually. Um, my bad. I know I'm a. Yeah, I, I should be like Elon Musk fan, but yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, for some reason, I feel like with these new uh, things going on with Dogecoin and crypto and Bitcoin, Elon Musk is a. To me, it's not that interesting. I don't know why, but I'm more interested in in, in like SpaceX and Settle and the Starlink satellites and. Those kind of things, but recently it's all about like drama and um, yeah, some weird stuff like he's with Bitcoin and he's not with Bitcoin, um, some carbon um, like how do you say it? Um, carbon neutral? Yeah, like he's thinking that miners, yeah, Bitcoin is using too much electricity, so it's not uh, right for him to. Um, buy Bitcoin anymore but when you think about it he did like actually sell the Bitcoin he bought for double the price so at least yeah he that's, did the, profit. that's the funny part I, I saw a meme somewhere on the internet and it said that um, how to make profit so buy Bitcoin for a billion and 200 million um, tell the people you your company Tesla is going to accept Bitcoin and then once people once Bitcoin you know, skyrockets off of that news, uh, sell all you have for double the price. And, you know, don't accept it anymore because suddenly you realize um, Bitcoin isn't eco-friendly, it isn't, you know, it uses, it's not carbon neutral, so Actually, I, I, I haven't, I didn't know that, that um, they don't accept Bitcoin. I thought like they are, they are still accepting Bitcoin. So he did like 180 turn on that promise. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bit hard to believe him on that part that he only that he didn't do it for the profit only. But you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess this episode and Elon Musk watch is mostly negative. Um, so I think pe- people who who don't like us for being fans of him will, uh, I guess, like this episode. Obviously, we're allowed to to criticize him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. freedom of speech. I hope he doesn't mind. <laughs> I don't even know if he, if well, he care, if he would care. I, I, to be honest, Elon Musk, if you would like, come to our podcast, sit with us, and we will discuss. And we can we can criticize you. We can like um, offer some feedback, and yeah, we can discuss these things. So yeah, it's up to you. Yeah, man. we we can't smoke a blunt with you, but. You're right, man. Yeah, he did smoke a blunt. Yeah, everything else. But he did it in a state where it was legal, so no problem there. Did he go to the Joe, Joe Rogan's new studio recently, or yeah, was that, that was the only... a couple of months ago. He he visited his new studio. I think yeah. Joe Rogan and, and him are are good friends right now. I think. Imagine having Elon Musk as a good friend. Like, you wake up yeah. and there is a rocket in your backyard. He's <laughs> he land. He's using like rockets um, to travel around. Yeah. Speaking of rockets, did you see the rocket that landed successfully after um, successfully taking flight, but exploded like ten minutes later? No. Oh, I didn't catch that. No, uh, the rocket literally landed successfully, and people were going crazy. The Falcon rocket, one of the Falcon rockets from SpaceX, and uh, ten minutes into it, it exploded into like mil- million pieces. Damn. And it was so scary. Ima- imagine if people had, you know, started to 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 go towards, walk up to the rocket and start, you know, dismantling or. I don't know whatever they do. Damn, that's unfortunate, man. Yeah. Because I, I've seen the videos of it flying, uh, and I know it's, it's Elon Musk's like um, big promise. That's basically how they're gonna go to Mars. But yeah, I thought it, it was successful. I, I haven't um, seen the news after it exploded. I was just looking at yeah. the um, some footages Tough of luck. the flight. I mean. I don't even know how that happened, to be honest, but oh well. But that's that's uh, rocket science, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, well, we're not speaking right now, but we spoke of um, cryptocurrencies. And I want to mention really quick that Ethereum skyrocketed in the past couple of months. Um, and uh, the actual founder, uh, Vitalik, Buterin became the youngest crypto billionaire. Um, I think he holds about one billion and uh, one hundred million uh, worth of Ethereum. That's like three hundred thousand Ethereum right now. And that's, I mean, that's that's crazy if you think about it. Um, some time ago, Ethereum was below one k. Now it's, it, I think, past four k. I don't know what the la- that, latest standing was. Since I have uh, like 
1.8 Ethereum. I was mining it when it was like... Um, oh, really? Yeah, when it was like $300. Like when it was still possible to mine using 4, G, four uh, gigabytes of RAM on your graphics card. No, but now the, the yeah like the the blockchain for ethereum got much bigger so it's not possible to do it anymore with with um 4g graphics but i mean that's the reason why uh, all those like um nvidia graphics card with lo lots of ram are um, basically unavailable everywhere in the world i think and nvidia put put some restrictions on the newest graphic cards when it comes to mining yeah, they, they're gonna limit, I, I guess, because they wanna sell, like if you're a gamer and, and you don't wanna mine, you'll have these graphics cards that miners won't buy because you can't mine on them. Yeah, indeed. Um, but that's good, I guess, like, you, at but least I gamers now have an option. That's the problem, though. I think the scalpers are the problem because they will still buy the graphics cards from eBay for the retail price of, I don't know, $400 and sell it, sell it for you know astronomical prices so i think that that's the, that's the biggest issue i think yeah i'm, I'm actually uh, sad that i haven't bought like it was like the top of the line nvidia card was so expensive but in ha in hindsight it's worth it was worth every uh, penny like you can now mine and and earn like maybe a couple of hundred dollars per month so yeah, um, who? But no one knew that graphics are be this like um, this important in, in the modern life. Yeah, indeed. But, um, but I don't. I don't know yeah. if you can outmine the electricity bill right now with one card. So I have to check on that. That's nice. Um, I was mining one month. Basically, it was a bit cold, so I, I thought, like, maybe let me mine and heat oh, up yeah. the flat a bit. And it turns out that you can actually do that. Like, I, it, it was enough for the temperature in my flat to stay the same without dropping. And the, But the problem is my, my graphics card is a bit um, weaker on the weaker side. So it was, uh, it was the same as the electricity bill. Like, I wasn't, like profiting of it but again if i exchange what i mined for new up up and coming cryptocurrencies i guess in the future it, it would worth it will be worth much more so yeah i would profit but yeah so far it's like i'm i'm dead even when it comes to um profitability nice so we should probably make our own cryptocurrency just for the joke and you know make a meme out of it and you know try to um i guess make it like dogecoin dogecoin yeah but we need like um we need good memes we need at least one tweet from Elon musk about it mm, indeed. Uh, before we uh, like before we gather maybe like a couple of hundred or a couple of thousands of uh, like uh, cryptocurrency, uh, like like items, and then we would profit out of it. Um, yeah, my 
mine Let's a billion of, a of our currency and you know own half the internet <laughs> but so anyways yeah. um last night google io went live um i think it's a it's a three-day marathon or something and last night they unveiled the, the biggest stuff the biggest announcements uh this year uh today is software only i think um I think they cover Firebase as we speak, but last night they unveiled some pretty spicy stuff, uh, starting with Android 12, the new UI, you know, some um, AI stuff, uh, privacy updates, um, some tweaks to um, some tweaks to Google Workspace and such. So. Uh, why don't we start from Android 12 and you know work our way up? So have you have you seen the new UI from from uh, Android 12, the the, the the one, the proposed one? Yeah, I think um, I watched one of the YouTube videos. I think it was from uh, MKBHD or someone else. And I was it does look amazing. It. Yeah. And I was I was looking at the video and. Um, that's that was like the no actually I was watching the Verge, the Verge video about Android 12. Oh and yeah, the, the yeah I've seen yeah, that the, one as well. They were joking about the naming. They used to be, like they tried to be clever with the naming. So they're they're calling Material U. Um, they they're saying like well, it could be Material Blue, but it's Material U. Um, but it's a good name though, I don't mind it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess the only problem with it, it's like too much like iOS. Um, it's, it's a bit like a, it's a bit of a departure from their material design, which was pretty good in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it looks, it, it looks really nice. And because they have a lot of these um, AI tools and engineers and frameworks, I can see like they're pushing Android to be like a AI showcase. So for example, what they did is like they have a dynamic theme. So if you set a wallpaper in, on Android 12, the AI should will pick up colors and then suggest a theme mm, based yeah. off of that. That theme will be applied through through the whole system. So you and even if and even in in apps, if I understood them correctly. I think they will have an API for, um, or I should say, it will be in the in the new SDK. So for app makers, you can make so that the um, the app you're making picks up the colors, the system colors. So that's one of the best features yeah, they, they probably have. Probably they're gonna uh, push push for that. Uh, but me as an Android developer, I'm thinking like. They're probably gonna abandon that next Android release, so it's a. I'm not sure will I invest my time into it. But why though? Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping Google doesn't hear me. I don't think they will abandon it. They yeah, should probably. That would be, yeah. I would love for build them up to, on it. To, to like design something or come up with an idea and stick with it for like five years. That would be awesome. But I don't think that's that's a design per se 
Uh, it's not a design. It's a design design language, a framework of sorts, you know, which tells you, you know, obviously nobody's gonna tell Samsung how to, you know, design their Android skin because they're gonna, you know, come up with their own stuff. So I don't even. I own I own a Samsung device, so that's, I don't even think I'm ever gonna see that that Android 12 swag but uh you know for pixel users i think it's going to be exciting that's one of the biggest like complaints that i uh like like that the verge journalist uh, complained about is that who knows out of all these features ui wise how will they land on like samsung and huawei or other phones like and then yeah, I was looking at, I was browsing through Reddit, and basically the same complaint was raised. Like, who knows, like what will become of this new and exciting UI? Probably nothing, or it will come too late, or it will be like too, too, too different. Um, probably most of the uh, manufacturers are gonna or brands are gonna like tweak it to fit their own ecosystem, which in the yep. end would make it. Uh, a bit even more complex for developers to follow up with so yeah we'll see but as far as i remember android never was about design um fr from the ground up if you remember the, the the earlier releases of android back in the day yeah they were horrible because because they knew google knew that every so every developer every uh, big company that uses their their OS is, is gonna you know slam their own skin on top of their Android. So I don't think they cared up until you know a couple of years ago. So now That's now that it's now yeah. that it's looking That's so a, so smooth and, and good. Think about it. Yeah. So now that it's looking so smooth, I'm I'm kind of jealous of Pixel users, but but we'll see. I hope Samsung doesn't uh, butcher it. I've seen like crazy discounts on Pixel 3. I think I should have bought one. Now that I'm thinking about it, like it makes a it makes for a perfect Android device. It was all it was like discounted heavily. It's Wait, still Pixel like 3? I think it has support for at least one more Android version. Yeah. I mean, if you want if you want Android on Pixel 3. I think you can even without support you can you know oh, install yeah, right. custom ROMs. There is a news that not many people uh, read. So there is this popular like uh, root tool for Android where you can uh, bypass some restrictions from Google and install Google Play and other apps on your phone, even though you are even though Google doesn't allow for those things to happen so i'm not exactly sure how it works um wait is it, is it they just is they hired that guy to work on their security team wait really so i didn't catch that yeah um so that's kind of interesting like they they i guess they felt it's easier to hire him give him, give him a bunch of money so to he so he doesn't develop the app anymore oh wow that's amazing actually I'm happy for the guy because, yeah, man. Um, I don't, I don't like, think he made any money off of that. 
definitely not. But he probably then, couldn't. Like, he tweeted that he's gonna support the project, but then he removed the tweet because, I mean, yeah, like it's it's a no-brainer. If you work for Google, you can't make, like, you can't work yeah, on a project yeah. on your in your spare time where you're actually, um, like, circum, like where where, you can, where you're um, going around the security that you're actually developing inside of Google. So that's, um, yeah. that, that's a no-go. <laughs> so, yeah, he would, he would have all the insight and the tools and he would, he would, he would know exactly what to bypass yeah. and how to bypass with, with his software. I mean, come on. But I'd I love know. for someone from Denuvo to actually become something like that. Um, he works for Denuvo, but in his spare time, he's working on a like a crack that overcomes the Denuvo limitations. Wait, and he's publicly known? No, no, no. Or, or... I'm, I'm saying like I would love for someone to be to be like that, like a a hero who would keep releasing cracks for Denuvo because from what I've can see on the internet it's pretty successful like most of the games that get Denuvo protection they don't get cracked for at least like a couple of months sometimes even years and that's yeah, all indeed. the de developers um, need like they just wanna hold off uh, from hackers at least a month or two because that's where the biggest sale is gonna happen and then after that it's pre uh, like it doesn't matter anymore because who bought the game like people who wanted to play already have the game they bought it those who yeah. didn't bought it like they wouldn't buy it anyway good point but so anyways I don't think that the person that you know cr starts suddenly making cracks for the Novo working for the Novo is gonna stay there for long because some sort of, of um, investigation has to be going on there or big big uh, NDAs or, or I don't know oh yeah right yeah if they find out like he would be done I think he would be, I mean he would, go to jail, he would yeah. be facing jail time <laughs> I'm Definitely. pretty sure especially in the US I think they have like the like the craziest laws regarding the cyber security things like um they what did they do like they convicted that guy like um what's his name aaron something like the guy who would steal mit papers and publish them for free oh right he basically did no harm to anyone uh, well except they jailed the company him. they jailed him either for life or like something crazy like 40 years then he committed suicide in the prison um then they were like trying to get the judge to resign and to um, or, or like to be uh, some, somehow um, like scrutinized or like they wanted some investigation around the judge but nothing came out of it I think like they still have these crazy um, strict rules Fun fact, I think one of the hackers who stole Half-Life 2 source code um, like he was from Germany and he he had some kind of a 
he had some kind of a um, tool that infected Valve's um, servers. He was browsing around and he realized like he has an he had an access to um, Half-Life 2 unreleased source code. I mean unreleased game source code. Oh, he wow. compiled it and released the game before it even went live. Like before even Valve released the game. Oh, and then wow. they so offered that was back they in offered the day. him like um, a position, I think, in the company to work for like a security. So he packed his things up. He went to the airport to actually to actually try and um, move there. But then um, he realized that like the the German special forces or police intercepted him and told him like if you go there if you go to the US it's like basically a trap they will arrest you and jail you for life probably so don't go um, oh, I think wow. it was NSA that actually offered him a contract um, so <laughs> okay yeah crazy story and yeah US is crazy with these um, cyber security things well that's an interesting story so so that was back in the day I thought that was you know in modern times, a couple of years ago, you know, who cares yeah, about like Half-Life 2 code okay, right now? Of years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, speaking of Google I.O., um, they've released a bunch of AI improvements across their whole suite of, of uh, products. So, um, you know, most notably in, on Google Maps or Google Photos. So, what do you think their their end end game is with with AI. I mean, do, do you think their their biggest advancement is is that their biggest value they can get out of AI right right now is to upgrade their existing apps experiences, or they can do something more with it later on. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I, I know that they're. Um like showcasing their their AI um, power throughout their ecosystem, like through Google, through Pixel devices. Um, so I think they're like, if you look at the Pixel camera app, like it was a piece of art, definitely like the best camera app. Mm, yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. Like I guess they're they realize like it's the next big thing, so they want to capture that space and become leaders, industrial leaders in it. And I think they are like they have the best um, algorithms with with um, for most stuff. Like I'm not sure if you used Google's uh, Duo, like calling app. It's by no. far the best, like um, co co calling or messaging app you I I tried. But in terms of but like, isn't it call discontinued? And how well it works on like a really bad connection. Um, so yeah, they definitely have, like, I guess the end game would be, their end game is like to position themselves as leaders in the AI space. But right now they have like a bunch of gimmicky stuff that probably is not that useful to users. For example, um, what what they had with Pixel 4, like the live translation thing and the project mm, Sony yeah, where they used AI to actually make it possible for you to interact with the phone using your fingers right but that's that was like that that was scraped 
in the next pixel phone like it it, it wasn't yeah because you they had to phone. put in a different chip for that i think so it wasn't really paying off yeah um so yeah i, I guess like they're pushing big on ai so what sticks they're gonna focus on that um i think they did manage to um like they, i guess they have the best uh computational photography out there that's one place there they Definitely. want and they have that like alpha fold like the protein folding ai that is basically like the best ai out there it's it's it, it's like probably like a couple of orders of mag magnitude better than the next best protein folding uh, algorithm mm, yeah yeah, so they're already like starting to make some waves in the AI business. So I guess they're gonna keep keep at it and be become like leaders. But they they do have some new things that are somehow useful to, to Android users. Like um, they would offer they would offer like um, live indication on the map of areas that are really busy. So if you wanna go somewhere to to a park to, uh, or to um, like to city center, it would it it would warn you uh, ahead of time if um, if there are too many people there, if it's crowded, so you uh, don't like you can plan your routes a bit better or your um, like um, plan your yeah plan your like visiting schedule a bit better. Um, but they also they announced something like regarding the. Uh, Google Photos app, they notice like most of the apps, most of the photos are not uh, opened. Like once you take a picture, it's uploaded to their servers. It's never, yeah, it's never viewed anymore. So what they did is they made in like an AI tool that um, would actually group and cluster photos based on what's in the photo. So for example, if you like, it will if it will identify like. Uh, like um, items, for example, a coffee mug or something like that. So where you like take, took a picture of uh, like coffee in a mug, it, it will group like those things together. So, um, or for example, you're in the nature and you order with some people with family, it will like group these things. So it will offer a, a really nice viewing experience. Um, so yeah, like there are some like useful st stuff, but mostly it's like abstract very niche, very um, weird um, applications of AI. Yep, they also improved search, I think. So some improvements to search are coming. But although I, d I don't see how, how you can improve it further than it is now. Yeah, that, that's my question also. Like, how can you, what is there to improve on Google search? Like, it's so good, it's crazy. I guess the more information, the, the, the more information, the Google account has, you know, collected on you, the better the results can get. But that's about far as I can think, I think. So um, since we touched a bit on cryptocurrencies and Elon Musk and Dogecoin, etc. Um, it would be interesting to talk a bit about um, trading in general like not just crypto trading but um forex trading and stock trading etc 
Yeah, indeed. Um, I know that you recently were researching a bit about that. Um, I have zero knowledge on trading or any of those uh, topics. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, like, what did you uh, find out? Well, not much. So thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's we we actually prepared a bit of a history of on forex trading because uh, I recently got into it uh, a bit more. Uh, I've always done some trading with forex, but you know nothing that you can you know live off of. But recently, um, since since I changed uh, companies. I'm now working on a project project which actually is specialized in trading. So I've got some insight into it. Obviously, none of this is, you know, um, the sensitive data. Nothing is. I'm not re- revealing any info that you know that can make you a millionaire, millionaire overnight, or you know, some company that sensitive data. Um, I think just it's it's um, a fascinating timeline of trading that that was going on in history. So I think it's worth um, you know uh, probably educating people a bit and probably try you know get someone into forex or at least um, you know research a bit into it because it's it's a fascinating uh, topic. So. We should probably start with some, with some, you know, basics back in the days. I'm talking like, I don't know, way back 3,000 years ago where um, we didn't even have any currencies. People were, were exchanging goods for um, other goods. You know, I would give you a fish, you would give me some plants down, ne- down in Egypt and we would, you know, go each our own ways. But then um, gold gold got discovered, and I don't know who who it exactly was, but some people say um, it was the, the Egyptians, and um, it was very you know unique at that time because it was heavy in your hand, um, it, it was sturdy, and it it really had the feeling of value. So. Um, gold became the standard in, in early Egypt for trading. So the, the first currency we, sh- we could probably say was gold, you know, raw gold. And obviously, that at, at some point that that became really hard hard to trade with because you can't just run around carrying, you know, 20 pounds of gold. Um, so sometimes later, probably 700 BC, uh, the first gold coins were printed. Or made. So that that was the first step towards you know the the modern the modern trading as we know it right now. So people started trading with gold coins. That's interesting. Like gold, like it it. I think it was lack of technology that pushed the gold to be like a standard. I guess we didn't like you couldn't print money to make something like uh, to make an alternative for gold. So I'm thinking like like. Paper was that the next jump in technology. You could print anything you want, and then I guess crypto is like the next jump where you don't even have to. It doesn't even have to be physical. Like it can be all like digital. Yeah, so indeed. Yeah, interesting, like transition. So 
somewhere in the 17th century, um, people started, you know, printing paper, which really didn't have any value to begin with. But um, people all over Europe, and I guess uh, later in, in the USA, started using it as, as currency. But really soon, um, some conflicts emerged, and um, in 1875, um, the gold standard came to um, fruition because um, the world agreed upon um, your domestic currencies should be backed up by your gold reserves. So if, if I come from Germany give, um, to give you my, you know, paper, I know how much uh, I can buy. I can buy gold with my paper from Germany. You, you know how much you can buy gold with your paper from um, USA. And that's the first, you know, basic exchange you could do at the time. So you know exactly how much you could get uh, f for each currency at that time. But later on, uh, when World War, World War uh, One and Two happened, um, gold reserves depleted rapidly. So the majority of countries actually couldn't back up their currency with gold anymore. Uh, so that's that's why when the Allies, when they knew they were actually going to win the war in 1944, they agreed on um, the US dollar actually being the only currency to be backed by gold. So no other currency in the world except the US dollar. And that's then, interesting. I, I never thought of it. I never knew that. Uh, U.S. made such a like a great um, sacrifice. Like, uh, it's not a sacrifice, but I was thinking maybe, maybe like it was good, great deal for them, but maybe not for others. Since I mean, it was mean easy for them to do it because they didn't they didn't wage war in their own territory. You know, they they could you know continue um, to grow economically. The war was going on in the world. They were like chilling. You know. So yeah, that, that's that's great, but think about it. Like, if other currencies are backed by dollar, that that would raise the dollar's influence and value tremendously. Like, then everything and depends it did on actually. The yes, yeah. we all remember how how valuable do, the dollar was initially, when after the Bretton Woods. So this agreement was called Bretton Woods because it was actually uh, agreed up upon in in the town called Bretton Woods. So. The only currency in the world, as said, was USD, and um, it was the only currency backed up by gold. And any other currency in the world was traded against the dollar. So that was a bit of a, you know, revolution at that time. And um, well, since the USA couldn't keep up with that anymore, as well, uh, about you know, 30 years later. Um, the USA actually announced that, that they would no longer back up uh, the US dollar with gold and um, that's when the actual but that's when the world actually started using Forex you know the floating exchange uh, exchange rates between currencies so that's what you have but that's what we have uh, today um, so it actually took some time to have you know super smooth um, I mean it feels natural uh, if you think about it Th that's the best way you can trade with with currencies right now um, to have 
individual floating exchange rates between each and every currency. Um, so there's set pairs between um, currencies, for example, USD, uh, Euro. So some people might think, um, does there exist Euro, USD? No. Um, USD, Euro exists. Um, and that's about it. Um, people might think there are, I don't know, I don't know how many currencies in the world right now. But um, only a set amount of pairs is um, mm. is available. I didn't and know that. Like I thought it 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 was random and whatever you want you could like exchange directly. Nope. Um, everything is based off of those those two pairs. So um, this is because you would probably end up with you know a hundred of thousand pairs, which nobody yeah. could keep at keep up with uh, you know in terms of value trading etc etc um, so when when Forex got first uh, introduced in 71 um, the actual uh, the actual people the actual world agreed on on having the three legs of Forex that that would um, you know, revolutionized the, the forex trading that we have right now. And the first one was the International Monetary Fund. Basically, the the the, the IMF was helping countries in debt. Um, they were they were giving advice to countries how to get out of debt. Uh, they were helping country countries. The second one was the World Bank. Um, their goal was to you know help extremely power you know extreme poverty after World War II um, they would help poor countries they would lend money for you know uh, very low interest rates and you know later they could pay, pay them back easily and the third one is the World Trade Organization who actually holds the rules of international trading um, which is you know basically the um, crossroads between in the world between you know I, I guess they 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 set the rules on, on how 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 to trade <laughs> is it is it true that um, I, I, I read that somewhere like it's it's maybe a conspiracy theory but that IMF is basically um, it's, it's, its purpose is to actually um, exert influence on low low like on non-developed countries by means of like money they would offer you money and then you're probably not gonna pay back on time then they will like influence the politics influence the um, like how the country is progressing so it, it, it's like um it looks innocent I mean on a face yeah. of it, but in reality, like it's it's a tool used for, um, like um, it has much bigger implications than just um, lending money. That might have happened. I I'm not really sure. I I wouldn't really like to comment that because <laughs> I don't know really. But um, as as it stands, um, that's how it, how it went. I think so. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Anyways, I mean, 
it's it, it, like there is a book I have I never read it but I know it was popular <laughs> once. How is it called? Uh, um, I think it was like a confession of um, economic hitman. But I'm not sure is it like tied to IMF or is it um, tied to a country, maybe US. But the basic premise of the book is that governments, they have these like agents that would um, yeah, like offer some good deals, some good loans to um, non-developed countries where it would backfire in the long run but then it, it would be like um, too late for countries to uh, like step away from and they would like exert influence on those countries politically um, and whatever um, and I think yeah I think we can see that definitely in, in modern age um, especially with with poor countries third world countries um, I think it happens a lot. I think China is um, doing something like that. Like they would build up um, like infrastructure for uh, uh, for countries that can't do it themselves, and like railroads, um, like hospitals, roads, etc. And then mm, they would yeah. like. Um, set up a, like a loan like they would treat it as a loan then they have to pay them back and if you don't they will have a concession on the land or on the um, infrastructure then they would mm, yeah, charge indeed. you uh, money for um, for you to use that or they would be like the, they would own that piece of land something like that it, it's like really um, interesting way to colonize uh, like countries in, in the modern time it's not like it's not like they own the whole country, but they would soon own the most important parts of it. And um, they would then control the government, etc. It's really like um, crazy how the idea of colonization is still, it's still like uh, relevant. Yeah, but it's, I think, masked by a lot of, you know, happy little stories. But in the end, I, I think... Um, uh, you know who's a little bit into this um, can see that that's basically the, the truth so yeah I think so, uh, like for example yeah this is like way off topic but like Turkey is under a lot of pressure they have um, like they I know China is under it should be under investigation because they have these concentration camps uh, where they put like Uyghur, Uyghur people there and like US and the West is trying to um, like launch some investigations around that but the countries that are dependent on China for resources or for um, credit loans etc are actually silent because it's an indirect conflict to, to what interest they have with China so um, I, I know Turkey is like um, they at, po at, at one point switched from IMF to um, China because China offered a better deal but I think now they are like <laughs> realizing that it's not all as you said it's not all um, sunshine and rainbows uh, like you're trading one evil for another it's it's 
it's hidden behind this mask of um, of niceness. Yeah, yeah indeed. Anyways, I mean, what can you do? Um, it's it's modern world. Um, so I, I can't even imagine what what else is going on between the curtains. So yeah. Anyways, this, um, yeah. we were speaking of forex and. Um, Actually, 6.6 .6 trillion dollars on average every day is traded in foreign exchange exchange markets, which is insane if you think about it. I mean, that's basically that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it. I, I thought it's like, first of all, I thought like the stock trading is the only trading. Like, I never knew that forex is a thing. Um, oh, because I thought nope. like if you want to exchange money, you would do it because you need it. You need the money to go somewhere to travel. Well, but that's basically what it is, actually. Um, yeah. Only lately have people jumped in act actually using trading as a means of getting profit. And when I say lately, I mean, you know, in the last couple, you know, 15 years, probably because we didn't have access to live charts showing you how much the dollar is worth against the euro you know um probably 20 years ago you could you could make a trade and um you would have to wait you would either have to go to a broker who has with someone on the phone dictating him the prices or you know something similar but the main thing that forex was used for is you know, if a company from Germany goes to the USA, say, say BMW, um, if they want to buy or make something in the US, they have to convert all their euros into US first and then make the purchase. So that's what it's basically uh, used for today as well. But now yeah. we also have, you know, sports trading where you can go in and make a living off of trading. Because trading is so fluid and active, it's also called active trading because you you have charts that that show you on a micro millisecond timer, you know changes in in, in currency in, in exchange rates, which is really insane. So you can and you can make you can make profit in, in in a matter of minutes if you're good at it. Yeah, I guess that's that's a good place to have some AI or some like automatic bots to um, sell at fixed prices and buy. Mm, I mean, AI you can a lot of forex trading prices and exchange rates are based off of um, news or events in the world. So th there's got to be some sort of. Um, tracker that tracks news, um, some AI that pulls out buzzwords out of context, and um, I don't know how, how how they would know because there are calendars and news sources that actually people track and that they use to make purchases. So, for example, um, if I'm if I'm actually on a news portal that's specialized in forex trading news um, or all around you know that that team um, 
people actually make trades when they see, you know, Elon Musk tweeted something, you know, let's buy Dogecoin. That's um, a good point. Okay. Yeah, it's difficult so, to make to make it automatic because it's how would you know? Like, yeah, how would you? How would AI know? I mean, AI would probably be ideal, but how how would you make it so that it knows that some currency is gonna jump or or drop? Um, depending on some text so that that would be a real challenge so that that's yeah. that's why i don't think there there even is some mainstream or some some um really well known ai that that trades for you i think i guess it's the unpredictability of of forex trading that makes it so intriguing for people um because no matter how how experienced you are, you you are, you know, set to lose some money at some point. But other than that, you you'll probably make profit ninety percent of the time. But you know that that requires a lot of you know, researching, studying, uh, you know, chart analyzing. Yeah, I guess if if you're informed enough, it's not a guessing game. If if you know a lot about the like political and um, situation of a country then for example yeah, Turkey you know that they're still not in a great position and that, that their currency is, is gonna drop a bit eventually they'll bounce back but who knows for how long they yeah but at this that's that's all long-term drops and rises what I'm talking about is really Oh, differences sure. in 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 short term minute like 10 minutes um i don't know ethereum dropped to from 4k to 3k in, in an hour or something you know something stupid so if you if you can predict those kind of things i think you you will you know make a living off of trading that's a good idea actually like you can monitor like elon musk's twitter account real time and scan for uh, like some keywords and that would probably mean like price changes on, on um, crypto values but then you have to like semantically analyze the tweet and figure out like is it is the tweet like positive or negative and which cryptocurrency and then that is probably not going to be correct because i mean it's very difficult to um understand language like to teach ai to understand language so yeah as you said like it's very difficult yeah speaking of that google actually unveiled some ai advancement last night that point towards that direction so i think they can actually recognize context uh, better right now in in paragraphs so for example if you are searching for something um they can uh, right now if you type in um you know i don't know i want want to buy a car without headlights um the 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 actual ai will you know sell you a million cars all with headlights because they they can't contextualize with no oh but, but right now um they made it so that um they they take a little bit more of emphasis on the t things you actually type so late earlier they would actually ignore 
um, words like A, I, and not, um, they will completely ignore from, from uh, search results because um, what they were looking for were actually buzzwords like, you know, pyramid, you know, phone, cell phone, you know, earbuds, etc, etc. So that that's interesting. I never um, I, thought I think they, they made it. I think they made it so that um, you would only get the most relevant search results because if you search for and or is uh, you, you wouldn't get anything you would probably get an article that has nothing to do with what you're searching for but does contain the words and is not um, so right now they 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 I think made a really good advancement there and I think that that can be used perhaps in writing some kind of AI who can track um, news related to forex trading or crypto trading and you know make trades for you perhaps write a python script real quick yeah i think i've seen some projects that do that like they pull twitter data and they semantically analyze it and um like feed it to ai i know microsoft did an experiment where they feed an ai um like a bunch of tweets and then let that ai tweet Based on based off what oh yeah I remember I remember but it turns out like they created like a racist um, oh yeah bot <laughs> yeah yeah and I they, remember they, and they quickly like um, pulled it off deleted the account um, but yeah like I think we are still in the beginning phase of exploration with the semantics and like understanding language I know that Elon Musk again has a company like the deep ai where they um i think also made some improvements like where like the same ai that was um learning to play dota 2 is um learning languages so i know people would feed it in like some Re react code and then you would like they would feed in description of a program then they would feed in react code then after a while if you just tell it a description of a of, of a like a react app it would give you like semantically correct syntax that can run automatically it was really fun like people were playing around with it i mean it, it's it's not free you have to pay at some point like to use that ai um but yeah i think if someone can reliably like understand language through AI, that will be huge. Duh. Yep. <laughs> Duh. What the um, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a great challenge for for the new age. But I think the main thing with AI right now and forex trading is that if you actually build a, a AI that trades for you and um let's say that that ai has you know 80 to 90 percent win rate in trades sometime down the line i think in my experience it would drop to you know 20 percent or 30 percent because 
those AIs themselves would, you know, inflate the market, uh, influence the market to the way that even they couldn't, you know, predict what, what's going to happen. So it's really tricky. I would I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's why we don't have like um, it, it, like trading is not filled with those like robots. because trading um, is also but yeah, um, the fluctuation in prices is also based off of um, big trades as well, other trades. For example, when Elon Musk um, invested 1.2 billion in Bitcoin, nobody, nobody could have yeah. anticipated that. Actually, nobody, N no AI in the world. Um, so, I mean, even the, the most stupid person could have, you know, could have known that Bitcoin would rise after that. And the most stupid people would know that when he announced that. Tesla would no longer accept Bitcoin that it would drop so it's Definitely. it's really tricky I would love to see it happen though I would love to see an AI making the trades for you and you're just chilling in the background you know I think that's that's what Elon Musk warned about like the, the AI would take over so many things that we should have some rules that that should govern AI because at some point if AI is like giving you prescriptions uh, is deciding what's the, what's the uh, what value should be what what should be an exchange rate between USD and, and, and Euro and yeah, those yeah. things like it's 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 pretty scary but a lot of people don't even believe in cryptocurrency they think you know it's gonna blow up in a few years and Nothing is gonna come out of it. Yeah, I think to me, it's just a natural progression. Like we are, we are gonna dig digitalize everything, even the reality itself, like with the virtual reality. Yep. And the money is something we haven't digitalized yet, so it's just a matter of time before, because there is no need. If you have, to, if you have like sophisticated technology, you don't need paper. You don't need like everything will become digital because it's just easier like you can control it like with physical things it's difficult to control them but here in digital era like it's much easier to um yeah it's much easier to control digital things like because we can create it from scratch and do whatever we want with it um and the blockchain itself i think that's i mean yeah cryptocurrencies are all the rage these days but in reality they are just like what they solve is like ownership of some digital ownership. Like you, if someone has like two Ethereum, like you're, there is zero chance that that guy is a, um, is like a hacker and he actually doesn't have any Ethereum oh, because yeah, of how the blockchain works. So I think that's why eventually it will replace everything because with money it currently, like what banks do, they have, they spend a huge amount of time sifting through all accounts, sifting through all the transactions, trying to figure out who's cheating, who's not. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And that's basically, it's just like a necessary work. Like if you deploy blockchain as a technology, it's it's like those problems go away overnight. Yes. And that's why you I have, think... 
Yeah. You're decentralized. You have privacy, anonymity. Um, I think it's that's actually perfect. something that governments are afraid of because you can then, um, like, no one can track you. That's why I think crypto will land at some point. But, but it, yeah, it goes against the nature of crypto. But I think it's still going to be regulated somehow because governments. I mean, not government. These modern governments and countries are basically there for for themselves. Like they don't care about the citizens, and if they're going to lose the control of this of their population, I think that's a line they will never cross. But so that's yeah, why a lot of countries see, yeah. are jumping on the bandwagon on the crypt- cryptocurrency bandwagon. Actually, I don't know if you saw, but China has their national cryptocurrency. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm. Which is I'm, and totally everything that China does is like a bit decentralized. <laughs> it's a bit scary because I'm thinking like they probably have some backdoor in there. They're probably gonna have even more control over their people. Um, yep. As if they because right now everything is controlled right by one app. I think it's called WeChat, right? Yep. Um. So yeah, everything China does is is a bit is a bit scary. Anyways, I think that's way past our uh, wrap-up time for this episode. Um, it was a fun one, actually. We, we talked a lot of a lot about uh, forex, a, lot, a bit of news. Uh, we hope we can keep up with with uh, new episodes and put them out regularly in the next weeks, um, because you know season two it officially started and. Um, I guess um, this is it. Um, thank you guys for watching. Um, thank you for um, your kind words in the comments. And um, I hope you stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, I've been Amel. And I'm Abdurrahman. And see ya. Bye bye. See you.